Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's Gaming and Pop Culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a lot of games, which includes Crash Bandicoot's Insane Trilogy, Bayonetta, which may be coming to Nintendo Switch, Pokemon Go's anniversary event, which is coming up, and we also have something about the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC, and some controversy around EA's new game or upcoming game, rather, Anthem. And apart from that, we also will be talking about the games that are releasing in July and the CEO of Activision making some comments around Call of Duty, plus some details on Modern Warfare Remastered coming to India. Alright, first allow me to introduce the people who are on this podcast. We have our games editor Rishi Alwani. Hello. We have friend of the podcast, Mikhail Madnani. Hello. And I'm your host Pranay Parab. So first up, Mike is going to give us a very long lecture on Pokemon Go, which is completing one year. Yeah, play another Pokemon game. Now you all go. <laughs> More like Pokemon No, am I right? <laughs> but yeah, jokes aside, it's uh, been a year. It's going to be a year of Pokemon Go on July 6. Uh, the games had a very eventful start i mean considering that most of the world couldn't play it aside from the us and one or two other regions uh and then finally rolled out to india officially in december we've seen a host of changes and patches such as uh, uh niantic ensuring you only see low level ratatas if you start cheating and raid mode and changes to the gym changes how gyms work and a more social feel to it all in all Pranay I think it's more or less the game it should have been at launch right yeah that's what I said last week as well I increasingly feel that hmm. because uh, they were definitely not ready for, <laughs> for for the game going viral so soon and uh, finally now they've fixed so many things in the game which which were actually broken but even now there are certain server issues which have not been patched entirely sometimes the game will just randomly crash and especially when you're like uh, going for a raid so if you go to a gym and you see like multiple people raiding already, you try to join their party. Sometimes the game just does not register the fact that you are there. So you like force quit it and then come back. Um, so these connection issues are really, I mean, it's it's a shame that um, Niantic has not been able to optimize them. I mean, optimize the game for super slow internet connections till now. But, but, and it's really amusing too, because when they had the official India launch, they made a big deal about partnering with Geo and how the speeds would be really good and the gameplay would be really good and how it's nice to partner with a disruptive telco to, you know, make things right and stuff. Well, I mean, we've got a big fat nothing out of that. So mm. thanks a lot for nothing. So, I mean, but that aside, uh, a lot of people are still playing the game, surprisingly. Raids has brought a few people back, at least uh, those people are speak- who I've been speaking to Apparently, there are people are now like coordinating when to meet at which part of the city to take part in raids and stuff like that. So it's become a whole social thing all over again. But on the other side of things, I mean, and this is something uh, uh, our culture editor Akhil wrote about on on Pokemon Go, wherein uh, you know because Niantic hasn't uh, scaled the leveling properly. As in, because if you've been playing it from day one, you probably have a super high level Pokemon. And if someone just comes in or hasn't been playing that much and suddenly comes in and, and is up against, you know, level 331 Pokemon, you're like level 30, 40. It doesn't end well for you. And that hasn't been fixed. And I don't think that's going to be fixed. But uh, that that is one major concern. And that's why a lot of people don't even want to come back because of that. So there seems to be a bit of an entry barrier to the game, which is tragic considering how mainstream Pokemon is. There is is. a massive entry barrier to the game because 
if you start out today as you said the combat power of the pokemon that you catch will be very low you get 30 40 50 cp pokemon which are practically useless in all kinds of gym battles so you're basically looking at at least i don't know uh, maybe at least a month of grinding exactly where you just sit around catch pokemon increase your level and use tricks like you know throwing a lure module and incense stick and uh, probably you know doubling your xp counter with a lucky egg and yeah. then finally you level up to a you know de- decent level like maybe 2025 where you start catching pokemon that are 1000 plus combat power and that's when you have a chance yeah and and that just goes to show that i mean there could be a problem man i mean going forward fine we're still in year 1 right but then if we look at other games that have had similar concerns like final fantasy 14 or world of warcraft where in the onboarding process for new users was really tough world of warcraft went about in such a fashion where they basically revamped the entire quest system to make things on par final fantasy 14 went about in such a fashion where you can essentially pay to level up Hmm. and uh, i think you can hit the level cap to to access new content a lot faster so how niantic deals with that this in years to come will be a point of interest for most yeah the thing is that they don't have any system in place to deal with it right now which is actually quite sad and it shows that this company is not really heavily experienced in making games uh, because ultimately you want to be welcoming to new players new players are the ones that are going to add something fresh um, to the whole scene but what increasingly we are seeing is that the exact same pokemon that were ruling gyms a year ago are still there like snorlax um, what is the other one executor these are the ones that are still very popular i mean they're like getting into the same situation hearthstone is and kind of was in a while ago where uh, you have people who want to play the game now but they are like a few years late so people already have all the cards and they have experience playing with decks and they've been watching people play so what do new people do do they just not play but then you need those people to come and start spending money and niantic needs to do the same thing so blizzard's been phasing out old uh, card expansions and adventures uh but then there's a bad part to this as well because some of the single player adventures were really good and i used to look forward to these when i was playing hearthstone and they just removed them for purchase because those cards were no longer valid now they've actually brought them back and you can purchase the single player adventures which is good because uh, i think they should keep doing this and a lot of new players can just like buy the single player content and keep playing and having fun instead of uh, getting into the competitive mode where most people play the same boring decks trying to like rank up So yeah Niantic needs to do something about this because uh, I mean the raids got people back but unless they can do something as good if not better in the next few months people will just drop it again but I, I don't know will people really drop it because I think we're what close to 750 million downloads yeah and 1 billion dollars in revenue I mean how many android devices were there like more than 1 billion and yet no one's making not many people are making money on those apps so like they have the numbers but what's happening there mm. niantic needs to get more people to download and buy stuff inside more than just have like oh we have this many downloads or perhaps the other the other angle is to you know pursue revenue through brand partnerships which is what they i think they did that with mcdonald's and a few other department outlets and all so we might just see that happening but yeah fact of the matter is while it looks good on the surface i i do believe that uh new end users may have a problem getting in and the last thing you want is the game to end up being like eve online where it reaches a point where you're looking at spreadsheets and uh, you know in game menus and stats more than actually playing it so yeah. yeah that's actually a real danger with with a game like this i mean all they can do from here on is introduce new pokemon uh, they i think have the second generation of pokemon right now yep. third gen and fourth gen will eventually make their way to the game and that brings some people back sure but still it's going to create like this vast gulf where uh, you are still grinding to level up there's going to be like 
what they should technically do is Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are releasing this November. They probably want to do those Pokemon in at that time. But then if you do that, you miss out on the previous generations as well. Yeah. You know so, the tragic thing? What? Because of the nature of the game, they can't add new regions. <laughs> yeah. Just putting that out there. Mm. <laughs> Maybe they can reskin the whole thing and say, oh, this is a post-apocalyptic nonsense. Oh, so basically game. Fallout 4. Yeah, but not bad. Hate! <laughs> So yeah. So yeah. So yeah, like I said earlier, the core loop in this game is quite addictive when you start out, you know, you start out, you start catching new pokemon and all, but after a while you do run out of pokemon to catch and then, you know, there are not that many other things to do in the game like because uh, because of the daunting nature of gyms and uh, raid battles are a fun addition. Yeah, I mean even if you are a level 5, 7, 9 person, you can still join a raid. Uh, but then, you know, there's also this problem. I don't know how much of it is uh, prevalent in India. Um, Rishi, you would have a better idea, but at least um, what I've been reading online uh, abroad is that people really look down upon these lower level players joining them for raids because they're like, you know, if I have to take down a Pokemon that's whose combat power is something like 25,000 CP, uh, a person with like a level 9 trainer is going to be practically useless against them. Yeah, that there is. It's the same mentality here as well. It's either everyone levels up and gets into it or they don't. And the law and the mentality is, oh, we don't want, we don't want you to be covering. We don't want to be covering for your, you know. Uh, weaknesses and that's the same mentality here as well but yeah I mean it, it's it's just an, it's it's just gonna be fun to see how long this lasts or if it crashes and burns speaking of which next game please yeah wait <laughs> before we get to that one I just wanted to make one more point about uh, Pokemon Go is that uh, I noticed that if you actually are interested in spending money on this game and I highly recommend that you don't spend money um, if you are spending money then 100 Pokecoins are available for just 30 rupees in India but 550 Pokemon uh, Poke coins are available for 400 rupees. What? So if you do the math, How you can you just buy. Because uh, this is because of Apple's regional pricing, where they only let you do lower tiers for one, two, and three dollars. Mm. Above that is just the direct conversion which they have for apps and all that. So uh, usually it makes more sense to buy multiples of the one dollar or two dollar yeah. things. And 30 rupees is either going to be one dollar or three dollars. One dollar, I think. Okay, so yeah, th there is a way where they allow one tier where you can have uh, 10 rupees for one dollar because yeah. that's how they manage doing a lot of apps and games at 10 rupees. Yeah, so you can have either 30 rupees or 10 rupees for that one dollar tier, but these guys have chosen 30 rupees. So yeah, if you're buying Pokecoins, then yeah, buy uh, 100 Pokecoins multiple times and save money. Enjoy life. Or like buy Pokemon Ultra Moon directly and play a better game. Or oh, why not Pokemon Stars? <laughs> yeah but you do realize that buying pokemon ultra moon involves like buying a console to play that as well and most people don't have that so it's worth getting yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean if you look at the most people who are playing pokemon go they're not exactly playing on cheap handsets yeah so yeah it's not like it's a question of monetary it's a question of uh, mentality yeah, yeah alrighty then speaking of other things that crash and burnt uh crash bandicoot bandicoot insane trilogy uh, I'm hearing that this game sold quite a lot. In yeah, the and uh, when we say sold quite a lot, we obviously mean outside India because yes. uh, the India release has been delayed to 7th July. Yes, 7th July is the India release date due to G due to the new GST regime. So yeah. they've and had a we're few we're recording issues. this on the 4th of July, America's yep. Independence Day. Yeah, so 7th is when it's coming in. And uh, yeah, due to GST, there was a delay. 2699 is the price locally. Uh, and if you can't wait, you can pick it up for 2750 digitally, but wouldn't recommend it if you have a physical option. Uh, the game itself has been getting a lot of interesting responses. 
people are comparing it to dark souls because apparently everything can be compared to dark souls in this world apparently people have forgotten that you know like difficult games exist and have existed before dark souls like basically the almost the complete nes catalog yeah and a whole lot of <laughs> platformers on the play from the playstation 1 era and saturn era and n64 era weren't exactly easy either so it's just very amusing to see a lot of people suddenly wake up and realize that there are games tougher than that have been tough you know which aren't called dark souls so uh yeah a lot of people are having issues playing uh the crash trilogy that's and a lot of it also has to do with the way this remaster was made um what the de- what the developers at vicarious visions did was they 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 took the level design they took the geometry they took ev- everything that was there in terms of you know uh, ai and the entire nine yards and gave it a fresh and and basically built it up from ground up with better to be a better looking game so the inherent logic that was present in the last game still exists the inherent level design still exists it's just made it's just made to look a lot better and clearer because you're now in hd and more importantly is this also helps in some of the levels because the contrast of colors is a lot more uh it's easier to detect enemies so it does help the gameplay experience a bit but at the same time uh yeah it just shows that it just shows that two generations of relatively easier games have made people a lot more unaware of the fact or forgetting the fact that there are games that are tough and it's quite funny to see more so when it's sold as well as it has i think it's done better than horizon zero dawn which it's had the best uh, yeah. launch in the uk best single platform launch in the uk in 2017 yeah which is huge because we already had horizon zero dawn that did very well that did very well and we're probably going to see god of war before the end of the financial year so by march point is uh, yeah it's it's good to see that uh, crash is coming to the party yeah or rather crash the party exactly <laughs> what i was waiting for um all right then speaking of um other things i think there was this half a tweet mentioning that bayonetta may be coming to the nintendo switch hype Any credibility to that so i i'm not believing any of this platinum games keeps teasing random nonsense and making and posting hints and all that but yeah so look man this is as bigger hint as any they posted two pictures of uh Bayonetta who is the lead character from Bayonetta one with a red background another with a black background with a blue background and the colors of the switch joycons are blue and red and so and it also uh, liked the status which 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 talked about red and blue joycons so point is there's a good chance oh, sorry like the tweet that talked about red and blue joycons so i mean people are putting one and one together and saying bayonetta switch which is not a bad thing but at the same time you have the director of bayonetta who's the biggest troll in the known universe hideki kamiya who's uh, who's basically confirming everything on, on instagram saying yeah beautiful joe is coming wonderful 102 which is which is a cult classic on the on the wii u is getting a sequel on switch and he's even talking about stuff which hasn't been confirmed like bayonetta 3 confirmed and i think he's basically <laughs> trolling everyone and he has uh, and he has done this in the past where he has trolled the media he has trolled fans mm. so you can't tell honestly but uh, i want to believe yeah this is a year we got bayonetta and vanquish on pc so anything's possible could just be a new skin for joycons or a new limited edition joycon bayonetta themed coming in you know never know no it doesn't make sense if there's no game man what's the point <laughs> if you don't tire it just to remind game. you that was a good game you know which you could play on a console that's dead we use on dead still lives on in my heart and stuff <laughs> at least until we get bayonetta on switch which should happen Alrighty then I think we should move on to things that no one cares about. Uh, do you want to talk about this whole Anthem debacle? Oh yeah, so apparently uh, what the PS4 so basically, trailer uh, of Anthem Sony uh, so Microsoft has marketing rights for Anthem which is BioWare's new not Destiny IP and uh, they 
some time passed since E3. I think a month has passed exactly. Yep, yep. So yeah, so uh, the PlayStation channel uploaded a trailer for Anthem, and uh, it had PS4 button prompts, and these were clearly photoshopped on. And uh, this has apparently triggered a lot of Xbox fanboys saying that, oh look, uh, they're trying to showcase uh, Xbox footage as PlayStation footage, when in reality, almost every publisher which is doing multi-platform games always showcases PC footage because you can make it look better than anything on console. And... Uh, the same triggered fanboys need to realize that uh, Sony doesn't do the videos themselves. EA just hand sends them a video file and they upload it themselves. So someone at EA took the easy way out and like Sony didn't probably check this and they just uploaded it like they do with every other trailer. So it's pretty funny that this is the hill some fanboys want to die on. And what's more, what's even funnier is that this isn't the first time. I remember when Titanfall 2 got uh, went gold. The One of the producers put up a picture of the PS4 copy of the game. And uh, all the Xbox fanboys were crying about it because Titanfall 1 was, oh my god, an Xbox One exclusive. And how come you're not putting a picture of the ti- of the Xbox One version of Titanfall 2? So it's really amusing how a lot of people are going to essentially base their entire life on a box of components that costs, uh, that probably has a cost of a little less than $400, which is tragic, but it's a thing now. And it warrants talking about because people, if any of you fanboys are listening... You need help. You all need help. Yeah, no man. one cares if it's Photoshop. We're all going to care when the game's out and it's playable in people's hands and we can see how much that EA and Bioware fudged in terms of what you actually get in terms of resolution and all the cool stuff they promised in terms of gameplay feature set. Till then, chill out. Exactly. And ultimately, if there were games to play on the Xbox One, they wouldn't be complaining so much about, you know, games that have not released yet. No man, Scalebound, oh wait. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's nothing. So yeah, you can't blame them when you have no games to play. This is what you're going to do to validate life. Yeah. All right then. So I think we should also speak about uh, Call of Duty. Apparently, the CEO of Activision has gone out and said that they don't care what game people is people are playing. What as Call long, of Duty people are playing as yeah, long as they're playing a Call yeah, of Duty. Exactly. Which is very, very, very weird to say, for a lot of reasons. Because one, this is the first time ever I think an Activision exec has gone and said it's okay if they play any Call of Duty. In the past, it's always been about play the latest and greatest. That's one thing. Second thing is, uh, let's be honest, Black Ops 3 is still one of the most popular Call of Duty games around. And with good reason, a lot of value for money. I mean, from all of them, it's still got the, from all of them on current generation consoles, it's got the most value for money because of the sheer number of game modes, because of the sheer number, sheer amount of replayability in the campaign and because of the the zombies mode as well, right? And Treyarch really know what they're doing. They know how to support their games. Uh, And obviously it's done much better than Infinite Warfare, which uh, was this year's game. And well, you know, well, less said the better. Personally, did not like it one bit. And, uh, and obviously at the same time to prop up Infinite Warfare, they did sell Modern Warfare Remastered. Now, See, from, I can see, I can also, while I find this really weird because it's the first time someone from Activision has said this, it's also understandable in some way, simply because of the way they've been pushing DLC and microtransactions across all Call of Duty games. So for them, it's like, okay, uh, they have a revenue stream on, on an Infinite Warfare with, with, there with, with microtransactions. They have the same thing with Modern Warfare Remastered and a third with Black Ops 3. So point is, regardless which one you're playing, they still have a means to get money out of you. So I think for them, the logic is we don't mind you playing any Call of Duty, but as long as it's a Call of Duty with microtransactions, because regardless of how much you're paying for the box product, we still have a way of getting cash out of you. And to me, it's like, yeah, great. Cool story, bro. But it also goes to show that 
going forward, they are anticipating the fact that the series isn't going to sell as much as it should. I mean, we've seen this in the past with Guitar Hero. We've seen this in the past with Rock Band. They reached such crazy heights in terms of sales and then they just, you know, went in a free fall. I don't think uh, Call of Duty will have that steep a free fall, but it's definitely showing. I mean, it's definitely showing. If you, I think uh, Infinite Warfare showed, I think, what sold only, I think, 60% of what uh, the game prior did. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time before we see the, where the diminishing returns really hit, hit their PNL. Uh, and it doesn't help matters that you're, you know, considering that Infinite Warfare is so cheap as it is right now, it doesn't help matters that you're that you're re-releasing uh, Modern Warfare Remastered as a separate SKU. For a, for be, and it's, in a lot of cases, it's more expensive. So, yeah. What's up, Activision? Yeah, so the Modern Warfare Remastered game is coming to India, right? So you might want to like just quickly mention what is so, happening there. So, yeah, about that. Uh, before I get to that, Mike, how much is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition in India? Officially or if you know where to look? Both. Okay, so the MRP is 6199 or 6299, last I checked. All right. And you can find it for 1500 or less. Yeah, now, and uh, to to jog your memory a bit, dear listeners, the Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare with Modern Warfare Remastered. That's two games for fifteen hundred bucks if you know where to look, or six two nine nine if you if you want to pay full MRP and you know line the pockets of mercenary merchants. And uh, here's the thing: the Modern Warfare Remaster is two six nine nine. It's exclusive to Flipkart, which makes no sense. And it's exclusive properly, not like Microsoft exclusive, which means it'll be available offline also yes. somewhere. This is just only on Flipkart. Yeah. for the time being. So, yeah, so I, I did speak to the distributors about this and they basically said that, yes, it is going to be Flipkart only. It's not going to any other retailers. And frankly, I don't think the other retailers care because when you can when you can sell uh, Infinite Warfare with Modern Warfare, two games for a lot less than what people are paying for Modern Warfare officially, which is 2699 I don't think anyone cares. So it to me... I, I don't know, whoever's doing the buying for games at Flipkart needs to get their head checked because, I mean, you kind of got taken for a massive ride. So that's the scene with, with, with that. And uh, if you're looking to buy either, we highly recommend uh, pick up uh, Inf- uh, pick up Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition. I've seen it go uh, for around two, two and a half thousand online at, at a few sites. Amazon keeps discounting it from time to time. You'd rather get that with a second game than pay for Modern Warfare alone, which is 2699 because that's stupid. Yep, true that. So I think before we go on to speak about the games that are coming up in July, there's something that we need to talk about. Uh, Mike, you might be interested in this. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I believe it's got some new DLC and the hard mode is apparently uh, even harder than Dark Souls since we are on that. Okay, so uh, Breath of the Wild's first DLC pack, which is only available in the expansion pass, which cost $20, has now released and uh, both Rishi and I have been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild uh, recently. Uh, He's been revisiting some stuff he played before checking out the amiibo support and i've been playing the dlc so the dlc includes uh, multiple things it includes a lot of uh, cosmetic items which affect how enemies perceive you uh, makes identifying some items like korok seeds which let you upgrade your inventory easier and it has uh, like two proper modes one of them is master mode which is the hard mode this is pretty badly implemented because they expect you to start a new save file when you play this uh, the way master mode is implemented is really nice where uh, every enemy is one tier higher than 
they were in standard mode and uh, there are flying enemies and it's basically really really difficult and they've actually put the hardest enemy from the normal mode in the starting area in master mode so it's pretty funny but uh, it's it's a little hard to go back to the opening of the game after putting in more than 100 hours so i'm probably going to skip it the other big content update or big content patch which is here is uh, trials of the master sword or trials of the sword and this lets you power up your master sword to do maximum damage all the time in breath of the wild and this is uh, you need to complete 43 room dungeon uh 45 rooms actually 45 room and dungeon here's the thing there are 45 rooms and only three checkpoints across them so it is a complete test of skill and you go in bare naked like you ba- you, you basically get in there with your shorts and you find whatever you have to and kill everything that's It's, there they basically took one of the best parts of breath of the wild there's an island i won't say where because it's a spoiler and this starts out the same way so they've made a whole set of 45 uh, rooms and dungeons with this and it's really good like i finished uh, the first one and the second one i had to like you can't save in the middle of each of these three checkpoints which is yeah. annoying so like i have to still do the second one again and other than that they've uh, added some quality of life improvements to this this i think they could have added as a free update to the game but uh, given how much content they're adding to basically what cost 10 dollars i think it's okay so uh, they have a heroes uh, route thing on the map where when you check your map it'll actually show you a trace path of how you played breath of the wild and show you what you explored and what you haven't explored including making sounds of link dying every time you die in the game and uh, there's also a travel medallion which lets you create your own warp point anywhere in the game and the interesting thing about all the cosmetic items and this medallion is they aren't just given to you directly if you buy the dlc you have to actually find these across hyrule so yeah that's pretty interesting but a uh, one thing to which which we should note uh, even though this is 10 dollars you can't buy it for 10 dollars yeah you need to pick up the expansion pass which is 20 dollars which has a uh, dlc pack 1 which is already out and pack 2 which has a lot of story content and a new dungeon apparently uh, which will be out by winter sometime yeah so that's the thing right that's something to keep in mind but honestly i've been playing it i mean i've been playing revisiting playing breath of the wild and i mean Yeah, nice quality of life changes. That's that's good to see. It's something personally they should have done as a. I think it's something they should have done as a free update. I I really don't believe that this entire patch is still worth paying for at this point in time. Uh, and hopefully the because I paid for the expansion pass, right? So hopefully the DLC that's out in November December uh, ends up being a lot better. And actually justifies the purchase because a lot of these things are pretty much cosmetic at the end of the day. And I mean the the only good thing though is like yeah so some of the armor which you do wear like the tingle costume makes NPCs shriek which is really cool so you can show up wearing this latex green outfit dressed as uh, cosplaying as a wannabe fairy and then boom everyone just like goes into conniptions so like uh, I think the DLC will end up being like uh, the Witcher 3 season pass where that was uh, I think it was $25 yeah. but it had one $10 hearts of stone expansion and one $20 blood and wine expansion and everyone said blood and wine is like amazing and is worthy of its own game so maybe the second expansion is actually going to be like how you can consider the first one as $5 and the second one as 15 but then yeah there's no choice you have to spend 20 and get the expansion otherwise you miss on some and, stuff and more importantly and i think this is also something which a lot of people have realized if they've been playing breath of the wild is the game becomes infinitely easier if you use amiibo and Personally, I think that's just wrong. 
not that's how they say I'm not going to take advantage of it. <laughs> but I just think that's wrong. I mean, that skews the balance so heavily. So I mean, for example, right? You just use a Guardian Amiibo and you end up getting uh, you end up getting like uh, rare items like Ancient Springs or Ancient Cores, which are useful for powering up your runes, which are useful for upgrading your equipment. Uh, you end up getting stuff like. Uh, new shields you end up getting stuff like new uh you get a ton of stuff you yeah. can base at the i don't really have a problem with that but i have a problem with having items which are only available in some amiibo because uh like just imagine if they had put everything in game where you you actually explore and you like find majora's mask but no you can't do that you need the majora's mask link amiibo to unlock it and there's a chance you'll unlock it so you've essentially uh paid like $12.99 for a loot box which which you can scan every day and you might get the item you want yeah so it's it's the implementation could be a lot better it's 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 essentially you're paying for chances you're paying for content in the game which is relatively tough to find so i mean something like a royal shield right which does a lot which which is super durable or something like a, a hylian shield which is super durable no Those you don't get the chances. hylian shield yeah. Hylian shield is uh, it's a story unlock. My bad. Royal but yeah, shield, you get you get very shield. powerful shields like stuff which you'd probably end up getting uh, after 30 hours of exploring. You can get it like in the first one hour if you scan the amiibo. Yep. So it's it's just very weird how they implemented it. And honestly, even after all these quality of life changes, I still don't think it's as groundbreaking as people make it out to be. Uh, you know, it's it's basically Zelda, Nintendo's take on Far Cry, but. That's never been a problem. So, yeah. Yeah, well. So, uh, I think, Mike, we should also uh, remind our listeners about uh, what the advantage or disadvantage is for waiting for, like, getting the whole thing together. Maybe, you know, Zelda and both the expansion passes together. So, Uh, uh, will they ever discount it? uh, They, like, they might not discount it themselves until maybe the end of 2018, given how Nintendo... uh, like values their own content but retailers will definitely discount it like the price of breath of the wild has gone down by about seven or eight hundred rupees since uh launch in india mm. obviously not at cex because they like to charge about a few thousand more for new platforms but uh, i've seen the price drop on ebay also for people who've been selling it there uh the expansion pass is probably never going to get discounted because even other publishers like even bethesda they rarely discount their dlc so, and uh, this may be one of the first games where Nintendo does a Game of the Year edition because it's going to win a ton of Game of the Year awards, for sure. Yeah, basically by everyone who hasn't played Persona 5 or Yakuza 0. Well, unfortunately, they value Zelda more. And like, even though Persona 5 is a much better game, I'm pretty sure uh, Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn are going to be like the two fighting for Game of the Year for everyone. So, yeah. So uh, the game of the year edition will have uh, all DLC, or it, if if this hypothetical edition exists, uh, it will have everything on a single card, and they probably will do it only for Switch and not for the Wii U. Yeah, the DLC is available on the Wii U as well, but, but for some reason the Wii U DLC is three is a three gig download, while the Switch DLC is four fifty MB. Mm. And uh, yeah, and if anyone for anyone who's used the Wii U, that's a pain to download anything on the Wii U is a pain to download so yeah so maybe they forgot to like put it in whatever zelda.rr like even when you if you picked up the game on disc on the Wii U right uh, Mm. there's a mandatory patch you have to download before you can even start playing it so I think that was a gig or so but yeah well yeah they're just probably reminding the last three Wii U users to upgrade to switch or something so yeah uh, and I I put in about uh, 
I was looking for some of these cosmetics. Like there's a Korok mask, which is lets you find Korok seeds. I'm doing that. But the what I really like is in the hard mode. Uh, they've uh, it is harder for people. Like I wouldn't recommend anyone to start this mode directly because you really need to know the basics of this and. uh it's good for people who want to return to it but uh, seeing uh, the normal enemies with like 10 times the health is hilarious and they actually heal while you're hitting them so trying to hit an enemy who has 100 health with a twig which does 2 damage and he's healing if you're not hitting him is really funny probably won't spend too much time in it though but yeah all right then so finally i think we should talk about uh, the games coming up in july so lots of exciting releases this month uh, the most important of these i believe is uh, the destiny 2 uh beta which is coming in and i think splatoon 2 right uh yeah i would agree so even though destiny is out in september there's a beta at the middle of the month uh that's for everyone who's pre-ordered it uh and uh, seems to be promising considering that bungie has promised a greater focus on story and uh, activision has gone on record saying that they weren't happy with the cadence of content drops which means we should see more updates to the game frequently mm. which also means if you have a poor internet connection do not buy destiny 2 you have been warned uh so th- that seems to be one point of interest uh, usually the the last time bungie decided to do a beta or alpha for destiny we saw the opening sequences usually the first uh, hour of gameplay and then an open world segment which you can mess around with mm. i'm guessing it will be a little more of the same uh i won't be surprised if it's similar to the gameplay trailer we saw a couple of months before e3 which basically uh showed off the tower getting destroyed and you finding your way in the world and probably a bit of a hub hmm. you see a bit of a hub world and do stuff there hmm. it's going to run for i think 4 to 5 days which is i mean okay not too bad and yeah rest assured we'll be playing it uh pretty hyped for it destiny in my opinion was the best 5 on 10 game of this generation <laughs> so definitely looking forward to see what they do here definitely looking forward to see how they incorporate the game's lore more tightly deeply into the actual game itself rather than me having to look at grimoire cards and uh, should be fun yeah get ready guardians it begins all right then mike you want to talk about splatoon 2 uh so yeah the sequel to nintendo's super successful new ip of which no one played yeah of last gen uh splatoon is getting a sequel on the switch in the form of splatoon 2 which releases on uh, july 21st uh, it's going to they're going to have a nintendo direct uh, probably like a day or two after this podcast goes up where they uh give an in-depth look at splatoon 2 so they probably will talk about the amiibo features because yeah splatoon 2 has amiibo splatoon 1 had a lot of amiibo as well so they'll talk about whether those have any impact on splatoon 2 Uh, I think they probably won't lock too much content behind it because uh, they got a lot of criticism for how they handled uh, Splatoon 1's amiibo support, where you actually had lots of single-player content locked behind the amiibo and uh, in-game jukebox for playing music as well. Other than that, uh, we we're not going to get any details about their online service, but uh, we might have some. Uh, they'll talk about how you can party up probably because Splatoon is a game people play with their friends online. So we'll see this Frankenstein. implementation with wires going everywhere probably up your squid also to talk about uh, yeah splatoon 2 uh, but wait dude don't forget the what? most important thing it'll have xbox live <laughs> or at least it if microsoft had its way yeah but right now at least cuz minecraft is using it or will plan to use it when it's ready but yeah that's a thing that's probably going to release and like end of the year somewhere but uh, so yeah destiny 2 beta splatoon 2 other than that there's like uh, There's a remaster of Final Fantasy XII coming out. Yeah, yeah which is so remind me why like Final Fantasy XII is coming out. Like, I mean, the remaster is coming because out. Because Square now. Enix has nothing else for the rest so, of the year. So, so here's the funny thing, right? 
this comes a few a few weeks after Stormblood, which is the Final Fight Fantasy XIV expansion. Final Fantasy XIV is, I think, the second largest uh, subscriber-based MMO in the world, super profitable, and uh, which is remarkable considering that when it launched, it was absolute garbage. So Stormblood has just came out. Uh, Square Enix, as Mike rightly said, has nothing else for the year, and this is their quote-unquote big release. Uh, but I don't know how big it's going to end up being because uh, honestly. Square, it's a remaster, right? And it's a remaster of one of the last Final Fantasy games for the uh, for the PlayStation 2 era, which basically means a lot of work would have to be done on this. And if it's anything like what we saw with FF10 and FF13, it'll eventually come to Steam. So I don't know if it's something you'd a want to A year later, up. probably, given probably, how yeah. but they handle their The thing is, the game is really good because it's got a nice political, dark, mature storyline. It's got some really nice locations to visit, like Dalmasca. It's got airships, which is always cool. And uh, the combat is a lot in line with FF11 and uh, actually also has a lot in common with FF15, which has, which is a lot of things. But one thing is that FF15, personally, I love the combat. So this, is, this is, has a lot going for it if you're a fan of the series. Uh, for newbies, I'm not too sure it's something they'll bother with. And it seems to be something that, yeah, I mean, I, I mean RPGs in general don't do too well in India. And this is also going to be delayed here due to, you know, GST. So expect this year by the 15th or 20th. But uh, that aside, it's looking it's looking competent. It's looking fun. Uh, hopefully it shows up earlier. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. So finally, uh, the makers of Bastion and Transistor are releasing a new game called Pyre. Yeah, so that's basically like the themes of the underworld meet FIFA and Rocket League and Dota. <laughs> Because there seems to be... Why did you say Dota? Like because the combat's like Dota. The combat's like FIFA. The combat's like Rocket League. The combat's League. like FIFA? What? The yeah. Combat's like the FIFA. combat is like FIFA. <laughs> I regret nothing. Are you talking about FIFA 98 where you could do like a karate chop on a person and still get away with it? Seems like it. There are goals and stuff. It's very sports oriented the way combat works here. What? Yeah, check it out, guys. It's hilarious, but it's, but but and it's 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 also conversational driven because uh, you're party of three and you know depths of the underworld looking to find redemption and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, the combat's the most bizarre part of it. It also reminds me of Transistor for some reason, and the whole idea of the game is dealing with failure and consequence and living with that failure and consequence because uh, the developers went into this with the theory and assumption that. What if failure didn't mean death and you had to continue living through it? How would you live through it? Which is pretty cool. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to the soundtrack for sure. Like, that's a day one purchase. Game, let's see. Yeah, the game, like, I don't know where the combat's going. So, yeah. yeah. And other than that, yeah, Crash Insane Trilogy is releasing in July, a week later than the rest of the world. And yeah, those are the only notable releases in July. Yeah. So, you don't want to talk about all those uh, 3DS games that are coming out. Or uh, like Kirby's Blowout, I believe, is coming. No, out. the Kirby games are all random free-to-play nonsense. So I'm <laughs> not even looking at them. There's one multiplayer Kirby game coming out end of the year, but not really interested in that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah all right. So, well, uh, July still promises to be a pretty good month um, in gaming. In the meantime, like as, I mean, until while we wait for those games to release, um, it's time to move on to Mike's uh, Weird Games segment of the podcast. So every week, uh, Mike talks about some weird game that nobody's ever heard of, which he's like the only person in India who's playing. So Wrong episode for that because we've been playing all normal stuff this week, <laughs> as people would call it. <laughs> so yeah, um, why don't you talk about your okay. experiences? So been playing the Zelda DLC, as I already mentioned, that was a lot. Uh, been also playing ARMS still, so I've decided to not sell it. 
and uh, did that character come out the max brass no, character no that's coming soon still ah, okay. so i've been playing a lot of arms have unlocked uh, three fourth of the arms for two characters which i keep playing uh, and also last episode you mentioned that you might decide whether you want to trade it yeah, in so or I'm, not yeah so i'm keeping it because so, okay. i like even when i booted up zelda i was like no i want to play arms more than zelda because i really like got burnt out on that at the time uh other than that uh, been playing cook serve delicious which is a very old indie game uh it's available on iOS Android and Steam and uh, been playing it on iPad a lot in fact i tried playing it uh, during the steam sale i tried i just booted it up again i tried playing it and nope can't play it on uh, keyboard and mouse after playing it on touch so put a lot of time into that probably more than i did when i bought it uh other than that I can't even remember what else I've been playing. I played some Morrowind and Final Fantasy XIV, but uh, we'll just probably out of those two stick with Final Fantasy XIV, better story. So yeah, that's it. Hmm. Okay, Rishi. Well, kind of opposite here. I've been playing both Fort FF XIV and Morrowind. Probably gonna stick with Morrowind because uh, I like the business. Because Todd money. <laughs> no, because the fact is, it's uh, you're not paying me to. Ac- I, I mean, I don't have to be. I don't have to pay to access the game, right? I mean, yeah, that that's one advantage, and but then. I can see that the money I spend in FF14 is actually giving me a return. Like I'd rather pay more in Morrowind to like get something out of it. But yeah, but yeah so I've been playing both. Personally, preferring Morrowind, so that's one. Uh, that aside, been playing a lot of Zelda just to see what quality of life stuff and expansion pass stuff is there. And yeah, I mean, it's okay. Uh, and aside from that, yeah, Overwatch. So that. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a light month. I'd still say in gaming. I mean, post E3, nothing. Uh, amazing has been happening but august i believe is has some super think, awesome releases i think up. we're going to see some i think this is the month where all the retailers actually wake up and start putting prices up mm. so we might see some very interesting developments next week mm. but uh, yeah as it stands it's a very uh, low key week yeah all right then so i have only been playing pokemon go uh, which i think i wrote two articles based on my experiences with the game recently um this time i'm not too impressed obviously like the whole fun of catching pokemon and all like died out last year itself uh yeah and thankfully i am not addicted to the game this time so won't be playing it after the article is published one of those is already on gadgets360.com and you can check out the other one as well uh, which will be up soon after this podcast goes live all right then so that's about it for this week's episode of transition and we will see you with another episode next week as always don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter youtube and instagram at gadgets360 and if you have any questions comments feedback hate mail or love letters please do send them across to podcast at gadgets360.com we make sure that we reply to each one of those emails and finally the music for this podcast comes by magnus solai polson who is actually the person who made the album called pppppp which is where these tracks are from <laughs> <laughs>